You are listening to the Gold Street Garden Church Podcast with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. What's going on, everybody? I'm Dr. Dominic Butler. Excited to have you guys with us again for the podcast. We're doing a series right now called Seeking Him. And just something really felt in my heart for this month. But we have exciting news. If you haven't been following us on social media and Instagram, we are launching the church in Clearwater, right in the heart of Clearwater, January 7, 2020. So Gold Street Garden will be having its first official service January 7, 2020. And you can go to goldstreetgarden.com for more info on that. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We're also on YouTube now with these video podcasts. And with just coming into the Christmas season and the new year right before, it's so amazing that we're starting on the first Tuesday of the new year and it happens to be the seventh and seven is such an amazing biblical number. And then coming into the 2020 year, we just know that there's so many implications that God has been setting us up for this moment in time. And we do not take it lightly. It's not just, oh, this just worked out. God has been the author of this whole process and we've been learning so much. And the greatest truth that I keep getting out of everything is seeking him in every moment of every day and learning to capitalize off every moment as an opportunity to know him more. And what we kind of fall victim to sometimes is we allow the moments of the day to take us away from him. And then we have to find him again at the end of the day, or we have moments in life where we go months or years, or maybe you don't even know the Lord and you've gone a lifetime. You've gone time without taking that moment. And it's not about making up for that time. It's just about taking this moment right here and saying that I I lay all that aside and I focus on you. Even on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, when he was being crucified, to the left and to the right of him were were two thieves. A thief was, was on the left and the thief was on the right. And that was actually symbolic. It was showing that if you don't have your eyes on Jesus in the moment, if you look to the left or to the right, Your purpose, your identity is stolen because there was thieves to the left and to the right, which means you have to stay focused on him and what he's done, which is going to take us into what I really want to get to today. But let's open up with a a word of prayer. Let's invite God as we know he's already with us, but we want to welcome him right now. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that right now, this morning, that you're with us as we engage in your presence, engage with you. We thank you for every listener and every heart that they would hear this word today and that this word would be the invitation it would be the platform that they that they have needed to see you in a greater measure to go into a deeper revelation of who you are we thank you for it in jesus mighty precious name amen so with our last uh podcast we were talking about started talking about seeking him and we were really talking about the motives of the heart. We were talking about just going all after him and how the Lord looks all over and he's looking for those that seek him. Today, I want to just kind of continue with that thread, but I want to talk a lot about the journey of seeking him and the beauty that that brings. And one of the things we were just talking about is how when Jesus was on the cross and you have to stay focused on him, I want to read to you a scripture in Revelation 5. And Revelation, what a book Revelation is. Because like, You know, 
when you read, if you read Revelation without knowing what you're reading, you're just like, this guy's tripping. <laughs> like, what is he talking about? It's like some crazy, it's some crazy ecstasy adventure he's going on. Like, you know, it's all these dragons and all these things. Like, you don't read the book of Revelation and just be like, that was interesting. You're like, what is this book about? Like, people still don't know what he's talking about. And that's why it's so important that you know the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk more about him today, too, because he's my best friend, the Holy Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. And I love what John Bevere said about the Holy Spirit. It was so good. He said, some people think that the Holy Spirit is just a, a power. No, the Holy Spirit is not a power. He's a person. It just so happens he's a very powerful person. And we just want to get that in our heart and understand that more. So uh, one of the things about Revelation Uh, chapter 5 is John wrote the book of Revelation and he was the closest disciple to Jesus. Jesus even said he was the disciple whom, uh, or or John said that he was the disciple whom Jesus loved the most. So he actually claimed that right, but that's because he had a revelation of it. So good for him. He had, he's the first one that had the Jesus loves me the most t-shirt and coffee mug. He had it before anybody else did. He just knew Jesus loved him more than anybody else. He didn't care what anybody had to say. And he was actually the only disciple that didn't die a martyr's death. He was actually delivered from a martyr's death. They tried to boil him in uh, boiling oil. They tried to, you know, literally burn him alive in boiling oil. And he he lived through it. He he was literally delivered from it. And then they're like, well, we can't shut this guy up. So we'll put him on an island of Patmos. And then he writes the book of Revelation. He just would not be, he was, and it's a, he's the proof that love never fails because every time they tried to stop him, he just kept prevailing. He just kept going because he was so convinced of God's love. But one of the things he wrote is he wrote in Revelation 5, verse 6, he said, and I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne. So John was literally taken up in a vision and he saw heaven. You want to talk about amazing. That had to be an amazing experience to be in. He, he, he was literally taken up to heaven. And even in a, a chapter, a few chapters before this, it said that when he was taken up into the presence of the God, he he fell as over as a, as a dead man. Like when he was in the presence of the Lord, he just went, he just he was done. Like he fell out in the presence of God. And so many times people don't realize that when you get in the presence of God, the closer you get to him, the proof that you had an encounter with him is actually death. Not not physical death, but death of your your will, death of your uh, self. And the closer you get to God, the, the less selfish you become because you see him. And that's the purpose of seeking is when you're seeking him, you're not seeking you. That's why seeking him actually removes selfish motives. It removes, it removes selfish agendas because when you're seeking him, you're not seeking him for any other reason than for him. And that's why your heart has to be all engaged in, in him. And sometimes we've heard a message in Christianity that if I seek him, I get this, I get this. Well, yes, the, the Lord does reward. and But the one thing that we need to know is that in Genesis 15, you know what the greatest reward is, is when God introduces himself to Abraham. He says that I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. And what does it say in Hebrews eleven six that, but without faith, it's impossible to please him that all that come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what is the reward? He is the reward. He is the reward, not not a new house, not a new car. Yes, the Lord wants to bless us. The Lord wants us to, to prosper in arenas, but that is not why we seek him. We seek him because he's God, because he's amazing, because 
There, there is nothing. And God being good is not dependent upon how good your life appears in the natural. God is good because he is. And when you seek him, it removes selfish agendas. It, remo- it removes selfish motives. And uh, I want us to get to a place and learning that we just want to be all about seeking him in those arenas. So as we're reading this verse, John's caught up. He's caught up in a vision. He's seeing heaven. And this is what he sees in the midst of heaven. He says, I looked and behold in the midst of the throne. So in the middle of heaven, the middle of. So I I was talking about this at at a meeting recently that when we get to heaven, there's not going to be overgrown bushes. There's not going to be dog poop in people's lawns. Like when you get to heaven, things aren't going to be out of order. Everything is in order in heaven. So anything that's placed somewhere is placed for a purpose, right? God's not going to just put something in the middle of heaven for no reason. Like it's going to be for a specific reason. And in the middle of the throne and the middle of four living creatures, And in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, capitalized lamb, Jesus Christ, stood a lamb as though it had been slain. It doesn't, it's so powerful that it's not the lamb, the resurrected lamb. It's the lamb as though it had been slain in the middle of heaven, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. What is so powerful about this verse? That in the middle of heaven is the lamb as though it had been slain. Jesus as though it had been slain. And when we're seeking God, the thing that we are seeking more than anything is we are seeking to know him more and the the to see the, the price that he paid on the cross and the resurrection. Paul says in Philippians 3, he says that, Everything that I've done in life, all my accolades, all my achievements, I count it all as dung. I count it all as nothing. Literally, that's what the scripture says. Pile poop is what, and I said poop twice today, now three times. So this is like, we should just name this podcast poop, but that's what's going on. Right? So it's like, <laughs> so the fact is, is that he counts it all as nothing. And he says, the one thing that I desire is to know him. And then he goes on to say, I just want to know Christ and him crucified. I want to know the suffering of Jesus. I want to know. And in the middle of heaven, God places the lamb as though it had been slain. So this is what I want you to take away, that if we want to see heaven on earth, well, what is in the middle of heaven? Jesus as though it He had been slain. So if we want heaven on earth, what has to be the center of our lives? The revelation of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. It has to be the center of our lives, center of our affection. So when we're seeking Jesus, we are seeking the resurrected Jesus. We're seeking, and that's why Paul said in Galatians 2.20, it is I who no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life, he he says that I've been crucified with Christ. And The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Everything comes back to this revelation of Jesus and seeking him. And the thing that I I didn't get to in our last podcast that I wanted to say that the verse, Matthew 6, 33, when it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, well, something that's really powerful that you don't read until you read later in scripture is Romans 15, 17. It actually says that the kingdom of God, so the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, in Romans 15, 17, it says that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God summed up is the Holy Spirit. And 
That's why when we're seeking, you can only seek. Your, your ability to seek is completely relying upon your, re- your revelation and relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's why we have to know him so much. And that's why the teaching of the baptism of the Holy Spirit needs to be brought up more in church. It needs to be brought up in this hour because you can't even see Jesus in the way you need to see him unless you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you today, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is a separate experience than being born again. That when you get born again, you do have the Holy Spirit, but there's a difference between, put it this way, There's a reason it's called being baptized in the Holy Spirit because Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit in fire. Well, there's a difference between having a drink of water and then being immersed in water, right? Because if you have a drink of water, you can have a drink of water, but then you can be submersed in water. Same thing. You can have the Holy Spirit when you get born again, but there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit and then being immersed in the Holy Spirit. And you need to be immersed in Him because... And I love that when Jesus was baptized um, in water, it said that the Holy Ghost descended upon him in bodily form, which means that the Holy Spirit descended upon his entire being and encompassed him. And and I, I'll pull that scripture up so you guys can uh, understand in, uh, in Luke. But just getting to that, that place that when we're seeking him, we have to seek the Holy Ghost in that. So we were talking about the journey. One of the things about the journey as our relationship with the Holy Ghost and we prosper in that in that relationship, the Holy Spirit is first mentioned in Genesis 1 because so many times we think that the Holy Spirit has many names in the Bible. It's Spirit of God, um, Comforter, Counselor, Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's just Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many names, but when the Holy Spirit is first introduced, it is the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep in Genesis 1. And when God spoke, the Holy Spirit then acted on what God said. And the things that the Holy Spirit did that were so powerful, the one thing that I love that he did is he separated the light from the dark. And Separating the light from the dark is that what that's the the one of the main responsibilities of the Holy Spirit. That's why, hence, his main name is Holy Spirit, because holy is a word that separates you from the world. It separates you from the normal things. And when we're seeking God, the Holy Spirit takes us on an adventure where we don't seek the same things the world seeks anymore. We don't seek uh, just a paycheck, retirement. Uh, healthcare plans and things like that. I'm not saying those things are bad. They're just not the focal point of our life or even the centerpiece of our life. The centerpiece of heaven is Jesus slain, the centerpiece of our life. And the Holy Spirit's main job is to illuminate Jesus to us. Is to That's why Jesus said, I'm sending you a comforter. And then when the comforter came, the comforter's just like, look at Jesus. Even it says in Romans that the Spirit of God, in Romans 5, it says that the Holy Ghost pours out the love of God in our hearts, pours it in our hearts, and then our spirit is crying out, Abba, Father, that literally the cry of our heart, the cry of our spirit is, Abba, Father, our cry is our identity, Abba, Father. And the Holy Spirit teaches us to seek the Lord, to seek our Father the way that we need to. So, in that being said, 
in our journey with discovering Him more, seeking Him, I invite you to understand that the Holy Ghost is extremely essential. It's it's non-negotiable that in our walk with the Lord, that even when Paul in Roman in uh, Acts chapter nine, when he on the road to Damascus, when he met Jesus and got born again, it said a couple verses later that he. He was made blind, like literally scales came on his eyes when he saw Jesus because it was this such a momentous encounter that a few verses later, this man Ananias comes and prays for Paul and Paul receives the Holy Spirit. As soon as he receives the Holy Spirit, he was able to see the scales removed from his eyes, which means that you can be born again and still be blind in this world because the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to see Jesus in the most magnificent way. And Paul's encounter is symbolic that those scales actually represent pride. They represent just your own intellect and the Holy Spirit when he comes and you're immersed with him. It takes the scales off. It takes those things off so you're able to see Jesus clearly. So in closing today, I want to encourage you, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that it's this simple. It says, Jesus, I want the gift of the Holy Spirit, that gift that you died for. And say you're born again, but you, you're you like, I'm not sure. If you're not sure if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you haven't been. Because <laughs> you would know because he makes everything better. If And it's this simple. Jesus, you, you say, Father, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. It's that simple. It's not complicated. God doesn't make things complicated. Complicated Christianity is demonic. Christianity is simplistic. And I really believe that Christianity without the simplicity of Christ is an exodus without the promised land. That it has to be simple. So in closing today, I just want to pray with you guys. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You can go to goldstreetgarden.com if you want more information on the church. And also you can... We, in, we really encourage people, if you feel led, so come to our first service January 7th, 2020, because God is doing great things in Clearwater. And you can get involved wherever you're at. And I, I believe that God's even speaking people to move to Clearwater for what God's about. I know that's a bold statement, but I just believe what's about to happen in Clearwater is so special that God's going to be moving on people's hearts. And we're going to hear testimonies of people coming to just be a part of what God wants to do in Clearwater. It's not about what he's doing in Gold Street Garden. It's what he's doing in Clearwater. So we invite you to that. I just want to take a moment to pray. Father, I thank you for what you did in people's lives today, that you're helping people to seek you in greater measure with a revelation. And Lord, I thank you that anybody that hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that they would do so today. We thank you for that gift that Jesus paid for on the cross, that we could be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. That fire, that fire that burns out what doesn't matter so we can burn for what does matter. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We love you guys. Stay tuned for next week's video podcast. We love you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.